Good evening. Now, hey Nicola, here's Sean. Hi. How are you? Good, good. How are you? Very good, thank you. Uh, Judith, even Brina. Cool. Everyone's coming on. Super stuff. Who else have we got? Uh, David, good evening. Maria, Ruth, how are we? Ursula, good evening. Marianne, how are you? Trisha, good evening. Hi, John, how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Actually, I tell a lie. I have a bit of a dicky tummy, so if you have to lay it out during this, you'll understand why. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> little nauseous at the moment, but I'm okay. Who else we got? Uh, evening, Karen. How are you? Hey, how are you? Good, thanks. Susan. Hi, Karen. Hello. No accidents since Saturday, Karen, no? No. Accident free. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Excellent. Good stuff. Um, lovely. So what I want to do, first of all, guys, is just go through a bit about um, fasting, uh, for those of you that might not have done it before, um, and just a recap for, for other people as well. Uh, so I'm just going to mute everybody. Um, but if you do have questions, um, you can unmute yourself. And you can also use the chat box to ask questions, or you can just start waving on the screen and I'll see you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just want to go through. I think I know by now how to work Zoom properly. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, so. Uh, just to kind of go over fasting a little bit, just the the the, the benefits of fasting. Again, is um, there's obviously the idea of you're eating less food. Um, I want to go through something like that as a kind of reason why kind of fasting can work well for some people and not well for not work for other people in terms of just results wise and kind of burning fat and stuff like that. Um, but also then there's benefits. Uh, one of the main benefits is a term called autophagy, which is easiest way to explain it is like it's spring cleaning for inside your body. So essentially when we're digesting food, um, your body's working on, on all of that. It's a very metabolic kind of high energy process for the body. Um, and when we stop digesting the food, the body can then actually get to work on repairing, recovering, regeneration, and things like that. Um, and the, as you go into a kind of deeper into a fast, that autophagy process essentially takes place. So essentially you've got things like your, your, your white blood cells go around, um, kind of mopping up you know bacteria and stuff like that in your body um it's actually i should share this with you as a maybe i've shared it with some people a few years ago but you can like looking at blood under the microscope and you can see white blood cells it literally looks like pac-man white blood cells going around and these little black things going around your blood and like they're literally just gobbling gobbling them up and stuff like that um i must share it with you it's, I, I think it's fascinating but as i said it's literally like pac-man your white blood cells going around keeping your head uh, your, your body healthy and well um there's also a huge amount there's a lot of research kind of in terms of anti-aging uh, as well as kind of going into caloric restriction and how kind of beneficial it is because obviously if we're spring cleaning and everything like that there's less kind of wear internally within our, our cells and stuff like that um uh, so yeah uh, it's also again 
for a lot of people find that actually their energy levels can kind of go, go up quite high through it. But let's say just to go through the general gist of um, kind of how to go about it, essentially what we're kind of doing on Saturday is try to get a 16-hour gap or more if you can. Uh, some people can kind of push it a little bit more uh, from eating your last meal to eating your first. Uh, ignore tomorrow. That's obviously tomorrow's email that you're going to see that written in. Um, so essentially on Friday evening, you'd stop eating your last meal and then you're going to kind of roughly eat until, not eat until lunchtime uh, on Saturday. Now, um, try to drink plenty of fluids on Saturday morning, kind of, you know, as you're going through it uh, and avoid all calories, which basically means like herbal teas, black tea, coffee, water, they're all okay. But anything with milk or, you know, kind of uh, the calories essentially in it is a, uh, would, would be out. Um I can't stress this highly enough is do plan your meal to break your fast and keep it a normal size. It's not meant to be a feast. It's not meant to be, oh, I haven't eaten in the last 16 hours. I need to eat loads now. The idea is just to get uh, a normal size meal and that kind of thing. And one of the great things about fasting as well is that it gets you okay with feeling hungry, um, which if we want to lose fat, there's going to be certain points where we are going to be hungry and it's a normal process. You're in a calorie deficit. You're not putting in enough fuel to meet the demands that your body is putting out. And sometimes I'm not saying it has to be all the time, but sometimes your hunger will, uh, will be there. And you, the, the, the more okay you are with feeling hungry um, the more, you know, that this will pass and um, the more, the easier it is to, to kind of endure cravings and hunger and stuff like that uh, as well that, you know, nothing's going to you're not going to die of starvation or you know kind of miss out on anything uh, and then the last thing as well is do eat starchy carbs after the fast as well so you know if you're having let's say a lunch and a dinner on saturday have some starchy carbs in both of those because we've done low carb for thursday and friday on the challenge uh, now, here's an example, let's say, is like if somebody snacks in the evening time, so they have their dinner at six o'clock or something like that, but eight, nine o'clock, they're eating kind of foods and they're peckish and they're kind of in that kind of routine and habit of, um, you know, some people call it boredom eating or whatever like that. But if they're doing evening snacking plus their breakfast, that's probably at least 500 calories that the fast would basically eliminate because you're not eating it. Um, you know, the evening snack could be, you know, two or 300 calories. Breakfast could be similar. Uh, it could be more, as I said, it could be, could be even a good bit more than 500 calories. Um, but let's say if we use 500 calories, if you times that by seven, let's say if you did this over the course of a week, every, every day, you would basically um, save three and a half thousand calories, which is the equivalent of one pound of fat. So that's someone who could do intermittent fasting, not necessarily change what they're eating, um, just essentially change uh, kind of how much by doing this, and they'll lose fat on a regular basis going through this. To kind of give you a kind of a look at another side, if somebody's not really even snacking or doesn't eat a huge amount and doesn't really eat a big breakfast, you know, it's kind of like, you know, a slice of toast or something like that and some orange juice was their breakfast, you know, maybe 200 calories. But, you know, that you do that by seven and it's only 1,400 calories a week and it's less than half a pound of fat. So this is where, let's say, the 21-day blitz kind of helps you figure out what what's best for you and what works best for you. So for this second person, you know, kind of fasting from 6 p.m. is probably irrelevant because they already do it until breakfast the next day so they're only skipping a sun they're having a small breakfast so they could change the fasting around and actually skip lunch or skip dinner or something like that where they're eating more of their calories um but that's just to kind of give you an example of 
you know, two different people and how fasting would work well for one and not so well for another, um, basically based on their you know, current lifestyle. And as I said, with the 21 days is you'll try different things and certain things will work well and other things won't work well. And you figure out the kind of best way that kind of works, works for you. So if you do have any specific questions on the fasting, um, do let me know. Um, and uh, I'll kind of get to them afterwards as we're going through. Uh, so I want to kind of share this with you in terms of Obviously, as we're getting into kind of, you know, this kind of, you know, eight weeks and beyond or nine weeks of lockdown or whatever, um, uh, a lot of people have been saying kind of, you know, motivation is starting to kind of wane and dip. And, and, and you know, obviously, you know, we're not meant to be, uh, you know, doing times like this is tough. But what's working for me, and I just kind of told I want to share it, is that I've set myself a kind of a, a big goal to kind of, you know, in terms of uh, my, my body, my physique. As I've never, never done it before. I've never actually weighed 100 kilos before. Um, so I've set myself a goal to weigh 100 kilos with a caveat of being under 15% body fat by the March the 1st. So I want to obviously put that I'm adding on muscle, not just uh, eating tubs of Ben and Jerry's and sitting at home, <laughs> you know, not, not doing anything. Um, but I've never actually weighed 100 kilos um, ever before. So it's... Uh, again kind of something that kind of uh, motivates me and kind of spur- spurs me to, to kind of do it um but that's not just my goal that's kind of let's say first phase second phase then is to weigh 95 kilos at about 10 percent body fat by june 1st again i've never been that lean at that weight uh, before so again essentially i want to be you know kind of starting to get into the best shape i've ever been in um and that will give me from march the first about two 13 weeks to lose five roughly five kilos of fat uh, the reason I picked June the 1st is I'm getting married on June the 6th and I've decided no matter what, I'm just going to get married. So whether it's six people or whatever, um, uh, we, we'll just go for it. It's very hard to organize a wedding when you don't know how many people to invite. <laughs> uh, or you invite people with the caveat of, I might have to uninvite you closer to the time. Um, so then I'm four turning 40 on July the 29th this year. So I'm going to go for a photo shoot for that. And I've uh, done one photo shoot in my life before. That was six years ago, five or six years ago. Um, and uh, I want to be under 8% body fat for that. Again, kind of maintaining about that 95 kilo mark. So um, there's my kind of, let's say, big, it's a six month, seven month goal um that i'm kind of working towards but i've broken it down into kind of chunks or smaller milestones um so that i've got it's closer do you know what i mean march the first is only a week away um you know that i've been working towards for the last eight or nine weeks uh, and then i've got 13 weeks from that till till june and then i've got two months essentially from june until my 40th so currently I'm up to 99.3 kilos and I'm at 13.8% body fat. So I'm, I'm on course. I'm, I'm kind of very close to that. Um, that's in the morning time. Thank you, Judith. Um, uh, in the evening time, I do step on the scales and I do weigh 100 kilos in the evening, but that's not my goal. My goal is to weigh 100 kilos in the morning, which is very, very different for me, especially with the amount of muscle that I'm putting on and stuff like that, the amount of water I can retain. I've spoken about this, about carbohydrates and stuff like that and a lot of the other things before, um, that my weight will fluctuate by two or three kilos during the day just from water weight, carbohydrate weight. Um, so again, it's been specific that I have to get it in the morning. Now, the first thing kind of when you're setting goals and stuff like that is you need big enough whys. You need things that you're kind of, okay, you know, there's a, there's a good damn reason to do this. Um, cause without, without the big why it's, you're kind of like, nah. 
um, you know, it's, it's not, it's, there's nothing to be motivated towards really. So um, I've never done it before. It's a big challenge. And therefore for me, it'll be a big achievement to do it. Um, that's an intrinsic reward. It's like, it's internal, just that kind of, you know, fact of that I finally done it. Um, I joined the gym 20 years ago. Um, I weighed about 75 kilos. Um, so I've, you know, kind of, gained and gained muscle over the years and kind of work, work towards it. But I never actually thought maybe that um, getting to 100 kilos for me was actually possible um, until kind of recently. And I'm going to go through that in a minute. The other kind of big thing is giving me something to focus on. It gives me a kind of uh, to, something to work towards and an extra purpose to my day and my week. Do you know what I mean? That like, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's I have something to, to do, to think about, to occupy my mind, you know, that, that I've got a purpose to my weeks and my days, that I'm not just going through the motions. Um, um, and, that, and that's a kind of big thing that, you know, having, having this is just, again, it's just mentally for my mental health and stuff like that. I found it been, been very, very good to actually set, set um, these goals and kind of be pushing and working towards them. And like I said, I didn't know it was even possible to do. Um, and then obviously I'm going to feel good. I'm going to look great uh, for my wedding and for the 40th. And um, I'll be strong and fit to play with Logan, which, you know, kind of longevity is not just, I'm kind of doing this as well with even longer um, term approaches is that um, obviously for my 40th, I'm, I want to kind of start my 40s in the best shape of my life and then continue that towards my 40s, towards my 50s, 60s and so on. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of keep my kind of fitness and and, and kind of health. Um, and that kind of, you know, kind of goes into how strong I feel, what my body can do and function and stuff like that as well. So I'm going to kind of rough, rough, roughly run through my, my thinking behind how I've laid it out now. Obviously, this is going into muscle building for phase one, but phase two is going to be going into fat loss for me. So again, kind of that will be probably more, a little bit more uh, applicable to you guys. But again, just to how I kind of break things down. So uh, at the start of January, I was 95.6 kilos and 12.3% body fat. So I needed to kind of gain an average of one to two pounds a week uh, over the essentially eight weeks, January to March. Um, in order to achieve the goal. So essentially it would be kind of bang smack in the middle of, of there, roughly kind of four and a half kilos um, that uh, to kind of to, to put on. So um, the one to two pounds per week isn't just a number I plucked from my head. It's basically, if you want to kind of gain muscle with minimal fat, essentially to gain muscle, you must, for, uh, for, for me, I've been training for 20 years, I have to be in a calorie surplus. Um, uh or you know kind of uh to, to to do so um i can't gain um i'm going to gain some fat while i'm doing it but i don't want to gain too much fat so if i'm gaining more than kind of two pounds a week i'm probably more than likely eating too much um and gaining fat uh too much fat at the same time i'm you know kind of part and parcel of this i'm going to be in a surplus and i have gained fat um but not too much uh, obviously lift weights <laughs> that's an important but to have a program um, and to increase again to kind of have a purpose for my training sessions uh, again this is all kind of breaking down big goals into what am I doing on a, on a daily basis I must increase my reps and weights uh, you know every session until I can't make further progress and essentially that by doing that I know my muscles are being adequately challenged to uh, to grow essentially with the program that, that I'm doing now just with the program that I'm doing, I'm trying to get to about 20 sets per body part. So for example, I'm like gonna break this in kind of 
simply enough. Um, for I, I, I'm doing like, uh, uh, let's say if I was doing squats or something, squats are mainly a thigh exercise, right? So in order for me to stimulate enough of my thighs to grow, I need to do 20 sets a week on my thighs. So if you imagine you do like three sets of 10 or whatever, like that of a squat on a Monday, and then again on a Friday or something like that, that's six. Now for me, in order to do my training history and stuff like that, the more advanced you become, the longer you've been training, the more sets you need to do per week, essentially. To add on. So it's a lot, a lot of volume and sets. And the reason why I'm saying this is because just increasing your weights or reps every session doesn't necessarily guarantee you're going to, you know, add on as much muscle as I have. So um, and a lot of people think that lifting weights is, you know, kind of, you just look at a weight and you're going to, you're going to, add on five pounds of muscle um but you need lots and lots of what's called volume lots and lots of sets of doing that as well as uh, kind of you know increasing the, the reps and the weights um the reason i put this in minimal arm work because a lot of people would think it's like oh you want big biceps and stuff like that it's like in order for me to put on a pound like if i put on a pound on my bicep it will come out to here like you can imagine like a steak a 500 gram steak or something like that you know a pound pound of muscle um that's a huge amount of weight. So I'm not going to put on a pound of muscle on my bicep. It's just, you know what I mean? I'm going to put on maybe a hundred grams of muscle on my bicep. So it's wasting my time focusing on the wrong areas of my body. If I want to put on enough weight, it's got to be my legs, my thighs, my backside, my back, my chest, shoulders, the bigger muscles, the ones that are going to actually, if I am going to put on a pound of muscle on those areas. Um, and the reason I say that is because a lot of people will focus on, you know, oh, I want a flat stomach. So I'm going to kind of, you know, do lots of core exercises. I'm going to spend 15 minutes on my core or something like that. And you're like, those muscles are so small. They don't burn a lot of calories when you're doing those exercises. So again, it's kind of like wasting time doing stuff that's not going to give you the biggest return on your investment of time. Um, core work is important, but we do, you know, a, a, a small amount of it to give us enough um, stimulus and we get the benefits from it. But not so much that we're um, getting, uh, that we're wasting time, you know, kind of 15 minutes could be much better off spent on, uh, you know, kind of doing some interval training or, you know, your kind of bigger muscles and stuff like that, if that, that makes sense. So again, that's why I kind of threw, threw that in as well. And it's actually hard for me to do minimal arm work as well. It's like, I want to dry my arms and stuff like that, but I'll get to that as I'm going through the kind of fat loss phase as well. Uh, I've got to eat a lot and I've got to monitor my weight and body fat. Here, here's great at doing this. Hang on, let me give me two seconds. <laughs> It must be Logan. That's the second week in a row he's coming in unmuted himself. Um, he's not a happy camper tonight. Um, I don't know what's wrong with him. Uh, so where are we going? Do, do, do. Go back to present. Uh, where are we? So, yeah, um, so monitoring it and adjusting it as needed, and I need to eat a lot. So I've kind of eaten about 3,500 calories a day at the moment. Um, I've dropped it slightly in the last kind of two weeks, um, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of, kind of working well. Um, sleep and recovery, really, really important, because if um, I don't essentially you, you stimulate your muscles to grow um or 
any sort of exercise is a stimulus, but it's actually the, the changes happen, the adaption happens outside of exercise. So if we just tested all of ourselves after we do, you know, kind of got a muscle biopsies or whatever and tested ourselves after we've done an exercise session, nobody would tell you to exercise because, you know, people looking at it, the doctors, the scientists looking at it, go, hang on, you've just completely broken down your muscles. You've got all this information in the body. You've got blah, blah, blah. This is terrible for you, but it's the knock-on effects after that. If you're going to measure 24, 48 hours after exercise, you look, oh, wow, your immune system has been boosted. Uh, your muscles are actually starting to grow back a little bit stronger than the last time, and you know, so on and so forth. So that's why sleep and recovery, they're the actual times when I'm actually growing and putting on muscle. So I've got to really kind of nail down them. And then also to look after my joints with mobility work because I'm doing a lot, a lot of repetitions and, uh, and sets. Um, I have to make sure that kind of I feel good while I'm doing it, that I don't want to feel beaten up or whatever. And then going through the fat loss kind of phase. So again, kind of in order to hold on to as much muscle as possible, I mean, the, the, the average body fat percentage loss per week is about 0.25 to 0.5% per week. So if I do that over 12 weeks, that's three to 6%. So again, you know, kind of a, I'm about 14% body fat now. So if I can lose 4% of my body fat, I'll get down to 10% and hopefully be at 95 kilos. Um, I want to kind of keep building slash maintaining as much muscle as possible during this phase. Um, you know, so as I said, I can kind of uh, not just, um, you know, kind of, you know, drop down to kind of below 95 kilos. Um, and the simplest way, the easiest way for me to do this is to reduce my meals. I'm eating about five or six meals a day at the moment. So I'm going to reduce that down to four and that's going to give me a roughly, you know, kind of a meal, meal and a half less a day. So about 700 to a thousand calories a day. Um, now that's not, that means if I'm in a surplus at the moment. So what that means is, is that I'll probably be in close to a 500 calorie deficit by doing that. So basically you've got this kind of middle line where it's maintenance. I'm above that at the moment. So I'm not going to basically be in a thousand calorie deficit. If I cut a thousand calories out of my diet, I'm going to be roughly in a 500 calorie deficit because I'm in a, in that surplus at the moment, if that, if that makes sense. Um, so I'm going to do the same training for as long as I can until my body kind of tells me that I'm not essentially what's going to happen as I lose more and more fat, it's going to get harder and harder and harder to do it. So I'll add in some more cardio then, you know, as I kind of start to hit um, things. Actually, Brute was asking me today as well as about should she be doing more exercise this time around on the 21 day blitz? And she said to herself, she answered her own questions like, well, no, because I'm still losing weight. So the thing is, if you do too much too soon, you've got absolutely nowhere to you know, if you're trying to do everything all at once, you've got nowhere to turn to when you hit plateaus and stuff like that. So it's important to kind of have this kind of journey, uh, you know, where you can keep adding in and tweaking and adjusting stuff um, as you're going along. Uh, I'll probably have to come mid-April, start to track calories. Very easy for me at the moment to start losing fat because I'm eating so much food. I just drop a meal and, and it's simple and the way I go. Um, so again, come maybe mid-April, I'll probably kind of start I'd say hit, hit a plateau and then I'll have to actually kind of, you know, track calories to, to be precise enough. So you know, try and be precise enough so that I don't lose muscle and that I'm not just guessing and winging it. Cause if you do that and you make a mistake, um, for me getting that lean, um, it's, it's that kind of, there's a fine balance between being in too much of a deficit and starting to lose muscle and, uh, and kind of just, just kind of chipping away at the fat. Uh, so kind of then looking at, motivation strategies um, that I'm doing because it's, you know, kind of what I can say all that is it's not all plain sailing. Um, so 
um, with motivation. We're motivated towards things and we're motivated away from things. And essentially it comes down to pleasure and pain. So we're motivated towards pleasure and motivated away from pain. I've spoken about this before, but one of the things we've got to focus on is that this works both ways. So it can actually stop us from doing things. I.e., if you know we hear about comfort zone, the pleasure of being in a comfort zone can be so good for people, essentially pleasurable, that the pain of actually making changes and changing diets and exercising more and so on and so forth, it's too painful. And the pain overrides the the pleasure of any sort of results that we might get or anything like that because we're just focused on the pain of i can't eat this or i have to do this and blah 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 and what stops a lot of people from doing is the the the, the moment that they're in that comfort zone etc it's pleasurable why would you want to move away from pleasure um, and then the the thoughts about progressing and making changes are actually painful for us now this is stuff that is kind of subconscious for, for for most of us that we don't bring it to our attention as much um until we're actually um <laughs> that's funny Judy. you thought it was a midlife crisis um so it's um yeah, so as I said, it's kind of it's, it's important to kind of know is like, yes, we can kind of say, okay, I want to be motivated. Like I've just given you all my whys. They're all kind of pleasurable things and I want to work towards that. Um, and I kind of want to move away from, you know, kind of pain side of things as well. But we've got to kind of flip it around. And um, um, essentially for change to happen, that we need to hit a threshold where the act of not doing i.e. the act of staying in your comfort zone becomes more painful than the actual act of doing so we've got to kind of look at okay what are the consequences of staying where i am right now versus going and this is where the whole kind of let's say it's not necessarily delayed gratification because you're getting gratification in a comfort zone you're getting pleasure in a comfort zone so there is no delayed gratification there is you know when people are staying in their comfort zone they're getting this whole, whole gratification uh, from being in, in in their comfort zone um and when we can flip that and make that really, really painful, well, then we're going to get gratification from making changes and moving away from that instantly. Um, it's not going to be, I have to wait for this to happen. It's just like, this becomes so painful that the situation I'm in right now and the consequences of staying where I am now and not taking action and not working towards what I want to work towards um, becomes so basically uh, painful it becomes a driver for you to move away from that um, and it's pleasurable to move away from that hence the you know i mean you're not delaying gratification you're getting you're getting the gratification of working away from that instantly and the thing is we've got to realize there's always a price to pay so whether we do or don't do something we're all, there's always a cost to it. we're always paying a price there is a cost of not doing anything and uh so you know kind of there, there is no such thing as inaction because we're always doing something. So either I'm kind of staying where I am and that requires action, um, which is just maybe kind of staying in the old same habits and stuff like that of what I was doing it. Um, or again, there's a cost of actually kind of working towards something and kind of move, moving towards something. So it's really important to remember that um, we, we kind of let ourselves believe that Asher, it's grand if I blah, 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 you know, kind of stay where I am. It's grand. I can do it again, blah, blah, blah. But there's a cost of you doing that. There's a, there's a price to pay for it. Uh, so limiting beliefs now kind of, um, there's a pain, the pain associated with doing 
and there's a pleasure associated with not doing so. This is why people a lot of awful times uh, struggle with achieving goals um, because, as I said, the pain of associated with working towards. So these are my pains that I listed for myself with this uh, so that, again, this is one thing that I decided I really want to get this um, so that I, uh, I kind of went through this to make myself um, as focused, as motivated, uh, and therefore being as consistent and disciplined as possible. So... Um, these are, again, unique to me, but you'll have your own. Um, but health and physical issues to, to, to overcome. So uh, physically, I've had my fair share of uh, injuries and, and um, let's say, kind of uh, yeah, trauma to the body. So I've had, <clears throat> I was in 2003, I was in a motorbike accident, um, where I got massive whiplash, um, was out of work for six months, uh, I think a shoulder surgery. And there's residual stuff with that, um, you know, kind of the certain exercises I don't do because, of, you know, in terms of uh, the challenge it puts on on my body and that kind of thing. Um, uh, I injured my back uh, doing something innocuous when I was 19, warming up for rugby, um, just warming up, not, nothing, not, nothing strenuous at all, uh, and injured my back, uh, busted my ankle a couple of times. Uh, what else did I go through my body? Uh, left knee, got an issue with that, and stuff like that. So the thing is, is by training so hard, uh, those injuries can flare up. Um, you know, and I have to work really, really hard to make sure that they don't and have to be very smart and stuff like that. But one of the things is when you're trying to actually build muscle, it's a very demanding thing, especially in terms of the, the longer you, you, you've been training and stuff like that. So you have to challenge your body and kind of push yourself through. So there's this kind of balancing act that I've kind of had to work almost mentally, mentally to, to get over as well. That's physical issues. Uh, health issues, I have, um, I've always had um, recovery issues from training um, over the years. And I've tried many different things. I've tried a lot of holistic different things um, from, uh, I've had like heavy metal chelation done. Um, I've done colon cleanses. Um, like, yeah, you name it. I've tried every feckin' supplement under the sun. One of the biggest things I find with training with people and other people, you know, of similar kind of, you know, age and fitness and stuff like that as me is that I can push myself as hard as them and I can compete with them but I'd never be able to recover and train as consistently with them so they could bust it themselves you know in their 20s and you know kind of whatever is doing it but I was never able to recover as, as well as possible uh, for it so I had to manage my thing and again for, for, for kind of for, for me it was just kind of like well, maybe this is just me genetically do you know what I mean that's kind of what I have and it, it's uh it's been a blessing in some ways that I've been able to I've done so much research on how to, uh, you know, kind of the best ways of, you know, kind of whether it's losing fat, gaining muscle, blah, 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 whatever it is. Um, so much research on nutrition, recovery, you know, kind of injury prevention, all that kind of sort of stuff. But last January, I actually finally found out what was wrong with me. Um, essentially, I have a very high levels of a hormone in my body called sex hormone binding globulin. And essentially what that does is it binds to testosterone in the body and it helps kind of regulate testosterone levels in the body. Problem is mine was off the charts. So basically I had no testosterone, usable testosterone in my body. So I found this out last January um, after getting like a blood test done over the years, but nobody's ever able to actually kind of spot it. Um, and uh, so again, it, it was spotted. And essentially my pituitary hormone was overworking to produce testosterone but it was all being basically taken up by this uh, sex hormone binding globulin. Um, and my body had very, very low testosterone levels to use in the body. He, uh, the doctor described it as the hormone levels of a 70-year-old. 
So um, I was like, ah, so that, that makes sense in terms of it'll affect your recovery, ability to put on muscle and stuff like that. So um, energy levels, drive and stuff like that. So um, I've been put on medication since then. And it's taken a, a kind of good while, but my last kind of round of blood tests is kind of like seen to be working. So that sex hormone binding globulin has come down quite a good bit. Um, and uh, my, my essentially what's called free testosterone has uh, risen, um, and which means I've basically got more testosterone in my body to use. Um, so they're kind of, you know, again, issues that I've had in the past um, that I've had to overcome. So that's the, again, the pain associated with doing it because I've had those before. And it's kind of like, oh, if I try again, and is it, you know, these, these things are gonna, gonna act up again. A couple other things then as well, kind of going into it. Um, I have to eat a lot. Um, very often I'm feeling too full. I don't want to have that fifth or sixth meal during, during, during the evening time. But again, it's kind of, if I don't have it, I'm not eating enough. I'm you know not gonna get uh, the results I want the whole recovery energy side of things that you're putting a lot, lot into the training. Um, I'll get fatter. That's, you know, again, you're going to have to accept that I'm going to put on some fat during this. Uh, I've got past experiences of trying to do it or trying to gain muscle and being kind of, you know, uh, absolutely wiping me out essentially. Um, uh, it'll affect other areas of my life, the sacrifices I have to make with it. Uh, I've got to be extremely consistent on it. Uh, there's an expense of food and supplements added to that, the amount of fucking protein, yogurts, and so on and so forth that I'm kind of buying. And um, the amount of rice I'm eating is, uh, is insane. But they're essentially the pains I associated with actually trying to achieve my goal. Now, if you can imagine, if I just left it at that, or if I didn't even... Uh, I wasn't even aware of all of those that were in there in my head that, you know, you're talking about like self-sabotage kicks in because it's like, well, why the hell would I want to do all of that? Why would I want to be low in energy, have my injuries flaring up, being stuffed to the point of feeling sick? Um, you know, why would I want to get fatter? You know, all these kind of th different things. So um, it's important, as I said, to be aware. Now, then there's the pleasure of not doing. So it's, it's the the actual kind of pleasure of, okay, staying where I am. Well, there's the comfort I spoke about earlier. Um, it's easier not to do it. You know, it kind of takes a lot of effort to do. Um, a big thing for me was like, does it really matter whether I weigh 95 kilos or 100 kilos or blah, 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 or whatever. Um, the excuse of it not being possible, again, I've tried before and so on and so forth. Um, I've always struggled to put on weight. Um, it's easier on the body, you know, I mean, the injuries, and I'll stay leaner and wouldn't get fatter. So that would be the pleasure of staying in my comfort zone. So for me, with this, is there's a lot of more pain. Those drivers, the associated with doing, were a lot stronger. So um, I'm going to show you now in a moment kind of what I've done to, let's say, kind of reframe these and overcome these. Um, uh, some of them were psychological things and then in terms of the health issues, well, you know, I'm taking medication and stuff like that. So, you know, the, the, there's there's actions to be taken to make sure that they, you know, think things, things can improve or, or, you know, aren't as painful as, as, as what our perception is going to be. But what I want you to do now, just do this yourself. You can think about it in your mind. It's better if you write it, use a pen and pad. I don't want you to share this with me or anyone. But I want you to think about your own limiting beliefs, your own pain associated with doing to get the results that you're looking for or the pleasure of not doing why are you staying in the comfort zone and see if you can do it and see if you can pick um five pains associated with doing so 
if I do this, these are the painful things that I'm going to have to endure or go through. And I want you to pick five pleasures associated with not doing, i.e. the you know, pleasures of staying within your comfort zone and stuff like that. Um, again, I'll kind of leave mine up to kind of show you the kind of the thing. Now, again, pain associated with doing for some people could be time, um, you know, the, the in terms of having to manage your, your time being kind of busy and stuff like that um there's lots of different things that can uh, essentially get in our way of doing some of them are more psychological than others and um, in terms of our beliefs and then others are actually you know like i said as an actual medical issues with me um but um do that take a few minutes and uh, i'm just going to go and grab a drink of water so just take a few minutes and get five pains associated with doing what you want to do and achieve um and five pleasures um you you gain by not doing by i.e staying where you are um you know kind of uh, this so work on that i'm just gonna go grab a drink Sure. All righty. So, um, again, it's something that, you know, kind of to, to, to take some time doing because some of this stuff we're not aware of until we actually kind of put it on paper and go, hmm, that's interesting. I didn't realize that was uh, holding me back. Um, and again, bring your awareness to it for, is, is, is the first kind of half the battle because once you're aware of it, you can then question it, you can you know, kind of figure things out and that, and that kind of thing. Um, you know, it's essentially how I eventually after all these years have actually found a, uh, you know, that kind of actually have a medical issue um, because I kept on just trying to kind of, uh, uh, you know, kind of work towards and get better, uh, but, you know, kind of nothing was sticking. I've done, like I said, gluten-free diets and all sort of stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, kind of, it turns out my uh, hormones were all over the place. Um, so, um, 
overcoming then these limiting beliefs and again this is what i've done in terms of trying to kind of turn them around and rephrase them so this is essentially what we should focus on rather than you know putting our focus on i can't do this i'm gonna to have to give up all this food and blah 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 because that's the way to keep you where you are that's the motivating way to keep you stuck and kind of you know that that in that kind of sense um we're always motivating ourselves it's just we're really good at motivating ourselves to do stuff that doesn't actually kind of bring us closer to the ultimate goals that, that we want uh, we motivate ourselves to you know sit in the couch and not do the exercise or sit in the couch and eat the the nice food and blah 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 so this is basically essentially so for me with around the injury side of things and the pain in my body and stuff like that um that was a combination of traumas that have happened to me but also then in terms of um the the the, the hormonal issues and stuff like that were actually play, playing a part in this so one of the things is the, the injuries and pain is essentially kind of like for me to accept that they're always going to be there kind of no matter what there's going to be residual stuff stuff there because i've had so much crap happen to me um but you know, I'll give you an example a couple of weeks ago i woke up with a creak in my neck um you know from sleeping i didn't do anything it wasn't from training it wasn't from you know what i mean so i was like you know we're always going to have niggles and these kind of things so using that as an excuse not to push myself is kind of you know you know again i've had to kind of you know flip it around and kind of go and it's like one the stronger i am the more i'm training and stuff like that the more resilient i will be to you know to kind of uh you know being in pain or getting injured or whatever but the great quote it's from an uh i think it might be from roosevelt um uh it might be benjamin franklin but they were quote uh saying that uh, you're either going to rust out or you're going to wear out you're either going to rust out or wear it. And that, for me, that right really resonated with me. Like, you know, essentially 2003, almost 20 years ago, I was in this motorbike accident and I woke up the next day in a world of pain with no broken bones. Like, you know, but it was like, my, I couldn't move. I was walking around like a robot. Um, and I was out of work for six months. But um, yeah, so again, like, like for me, it's like, okay, well, if I don't do anything, I'm just going to get stiff and sore and blah, blah, blah. But if I do do something, yes, I might feel niggles and pain, you know, from, from training and pushing myself and stuff like that. But at least I'm going to actually wear myself out as opposed to just sit around doing nothing. That makes sense. That's, again, for me to overcome my limiting beliefs on that and to change around kind of my perception on injuries and pain in my body. Now, um, planning the fat loss phase, um, just in terms of, you know, the idea of I'm getting, bit, you know, kind of putting on a bit, a bit, a bit of fat around my midsection um, over the last kind of six, seven weeks. Um, I know I can lose it. I've planned the fat loss phase. I've mapped it out over the 13 weeks. It's like, yeah, it's not an issue. I can do it. I can chip away at it. And it's not a, uh, it's not going to be an, be, be, be an issue. Um, the energy recovery side of things. So again, my hormones are better. I'm getting blood tests. It's kind of showing me my hormones are better. I'm on medication. I'm feeling better. Um, so again, that side of things is, uh, is obviously positive. That's a kind of practical thing that I've done where some of the other things are a bit more, um, let's say, psychological in terms of the rust that they wear out. And the fact that it's going to be hard and affects other areas of my life. Um, phase one, which is probably going to be the hardest up until the last few weeks, maybe of phase two. Um, it's only short term. It's an end date of March the 1st. I've got to stuff myself silly as, I, as I'm going to go through it. Um, I've got to train hard and stuff like that. But again, it's, there's an end date and I'm working towards it. I'm very close to March the 1st. Um, 
uh, and then eating as well is something that's kind of a you know again a tough thing but to, to kind of make it really simple for me is I'm just eating the same foods over and over and over and over again so I don't have to think and plan a huge amount so essentially a couple of my go-to things to help make this easier on me is I have a I guess the microwavable um, bags of rice I have one of them with my lunch every day and it's just simply just microwave it um, and it's 400 calories of rice boom uh, on top of some protein source with a sauce and vegetables and that kind of thing as well. So um, uh, for my breakfast, um, this will probably surprise a lot of people. Actually, here we go. We'll have a guess. Have a guess what I'm having for breakfast. Type it into the chat box. Have a guess what I'm eating for breakfast. I knew, I knew that would come up. Nope. Nope. Steak, eggs, oats, full fry. Nope, 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 nope. I eat peanut butter and jam sandwiches. The reason why, uh, and protein shake. Uh, so the yum, yeah, exactly. That's one of the things is like the beauty about doing this thing. Now, here's the thing. So I'm eating uh, lots, like, like about two tablespoons of peanut butter. Like the sandwiches are literally dripping. They are extremely calorific. Um, you know, you got your two slices of bread are roughly kind of 100 and 120 calories. So I'm buying high calorie bread. Um, so 100, 120 calories each. Uh, you know, an obscene amount of peanut butter um, on it and uh, lots of jam and stuff like that and then a protein shake to, to, to wash it down. So I started off with one, but I'm up to two now. Again, as I'm going through it, I've had to gradually increase my calories because the more weight I'm putting on, essentially, is my, my metabolism is actually going uh, up. So I need to eat more to gain more. Um, so uh, I'm on two now. But the beauty about it is when I start going into my fat loss phase, all I've got to do is at one stage take one of those sandwiches out and I'm still having a yummy peanut butter and jam sandwich for, for, for breakfast as I'm always wrote. But again, it's like I'm literally eating that same breakfast over and over and over again. And yes, it gets a bit kind of boring and repetitive and stuff like that, but it keeps things very, very simple. Um, so that's basically my turnarounds. Um, so what I want you to do is um, pick one of your pains that you've done, one of your pleasures that you've done, and just try and turn it around, or try and come up with a, with a, with a way around it, essentially, okay? So whether that's, a, you know, a practical way around it, like, you know, my microwave rice, or the fact that I've kind of um, finally gone to a doctor that kind of uh, has been able to kind of discover this with me, um, but, um, or it could be psychological, like the rust out or wear out kind of type of thing, kind of, you know, uh, that, that thing. So pick one of your pains, and one of your pleasures and turn it around so that it's not painful anymore and the pleasure essentially the pain becomes you're trying to kind of get it towards a, a nullify the pain of it or maybe, maybe you make it pleasurable and get the pleasure and turn it maybe into a kind of more of a, a negative side Thank you. 
Harry's nut butter from Fun Valley Stables. I have to look into that, David. Thank you. Oh, here we go. That lasts me about two days, though. That's the problem. <laughs> Oh, Trish is a, uh, is, a, is a lover of Harry's as well. Never heard of it. With fresh raspberries on top. Interesting, Trisha. Interesting. Cool. Okay, so again... Obviously, long-term to go through your pains and pleasures and stuff like that and to try and kind of, again, kind of come up with ways where you're kind of negating them. And again, this can come an awful lot of comes into the self-sabotage type of things, whereas people really, really have a deep desire and they have their why. Why, you know, I do want to be fitter. I do want to lose weight. I do want to X, Y, or Z. Yet they kind of seem to start and stop and start and stop and start and stop. And a lot of the times is that there's too much pain associated with change. Uh, and too much as I said of that you know it's much easier to stay in that comfort zone initially so the price of not doing this uh, and I've kind of you know capitalized now and again this is for me is like again it's like part of my kind of thing was like does it really matter you know in terms of well you know, you know I don't have to work this hard I mean relatively good Nick you know and so on and so forth um you know that essentially I'm really you know doing this for for, for me but I'm only 14 once, so, you know, I don't want to kind of, let's say, kind of regret it, that it's a kind of a big milestone that I can kind of, you know, again, do something for it. Um, the medication is working now, and it might not always work, or it might not always work as well. So the fact that my body is in a kind of a, a state where it can actually do the training and recover, most importantly, from the training without leaving me feeling like I'm absolutely wiped out. And, you know, there were times, you know, over the years where I've like literally just had to kind of stay in bed for a whole day or whatever like that because I'm kind of so, so, so wiped. Um, so um, it would the, the, give me no focus or purpose, lack of direction. I'd, I'd be lacking that. And, and one of the things is, is the reason I did this for this lockdown is the last lockdown hit me really hard in terms of mental health wise. It was a really tough one for me. Um, and one of the big things is two main things that are getting me through this lockdown is one, the 21 day blitz is that that gives me a focus in terms of to help you guys and to kind of um, the, the the interaction I've been having and doing these workshops and stuff like that. It uh, gives me a good sense of purpose. Um, and then obviously then for myself um, to do the, the training and stuff like that and seeing my weight go up and kind of making the progress that I've been making. Um, and then I've now told you, so now I've got even more of a price to pay. So I'm going to be asking everyone, John's how, especially on the fat loss phase, like, John, how's it going? How's it going? So, um, the other thing that I kind of uh, looked at as well is what could go wrong. So again, this is back kind of, you know, kind of started January when I was doing this, but um, it's important to basically realize that things are going to go wrong. It's not going to be always plain sailing. I gave you an example of it not working now in a minute. Um, there, uh, you know, in terms of for me, as I could easily injure myself and lo and behold, you know, I woke up one morning from sleeping the wrong way or whatever like that and I had a really kind of... Uh, neck issue for a couple of days but again so i was able to work it out and stuff like that but um you know what could go wrong i could miss sessions more than likely over the course of the eight week phase i'm doing at the moment versus uh you know the 13 that i'm gonna i'm gonna do miss exercise session so i needed to kind of make sure that i have plans in place you know and kind of be aware that that's going to happen and to not think that i've missed one session that means 
I'm going to give up. A lot of times people will, uh, you know, use the term, I fell off the wagon or, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get back on track now, these type of things. And the way I like to call it is, no, you had a wobble. So like, you know, if you imagine you're a tightrope walker, you had a wobble, but it doesn't mean you fell off and you don't have to jump off and you don't, you know what I mean? You don't have to give it all up all. It's like if you're going to get your phone and you drop it on the ground and you crack the screen a little bit, you don't then just smash the living daylights out of it and go, well, the phone's screwed. So it's the same with your missions and goals and stuff like that and kind of things that you're working towards that if you do have a bad day, you know, and kind of there's been days where I haven't eaten enough. There's been days when I've missed sessions and stuff like that. But again, it's kind of like the, the, the whole kind of to, to be accepted of that. Life gets in the way. So Kira's been having car trouble, which means that then we've only got one car. So, um, you know, kind of I've had to, let's say, kind of sacrifice training sessions to kind of, you know, be here so we can kind of, you know, do things with Logan and that kind of thing. Um, and then um, Logan's sleep patterns as well. So that could, you know, kind of very affect my sleep, obviously, as well. So um, it means I've had to be very diligent on my sleep patterns to try and kind of negate some of his uh, for want of a better word, kind of explanation. But just to show you kind of what could go wrong. So these, uh, basically the first column here, uh, if I get me pointer, um, is uh, the 4th of January this year. And I was 95.6 kilos, 12.3% body fat, 48.7. Following week, oh, sorry, 48.7 muscle mass. Following week, gained a little bit of weight. I'm kind of okay, muscle mass stayed the same. Uh, following week, lost weight. Muscle mass stays in. This isn't really the progress I wanted to make when I first started off doing it. Uh, the following week, I lost muscle mass um, uh, drastically down below to where I probably started, and my body fat percentage went up a huge amount. Now, again, as my goal was 100 kilos, under 15% body fat. So, what the thing is, I got to realize is this is the 25th of January. It's not the 1st of March. That's the first thing that, you know, my goal is the 1st of March. So, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater after a couple of weeks here. Also then is, is my weight was going up. So that was important. Again, I wanted to get 100 kilos. So my weight was going up. And one of the things is, especially with uh, trying to gain weight, is there's a lot of, I speak about a lot, the fluid dynamics and fluid balance in the body. So in terms of the amount of carbohydrate in meat and water and drinking and stuff like that, I've got to get that right. Because that really does show up a lot on the, let's say, the muscle mass on the in-body. Um, that if I don't drink enough water or whatever like that is, you know, that could be the potential of kind of this blip here. And sure enough, I was able to tweak and adjust going along. Um, and then, you know, by the 1st of February, I gained uh, two kilos of weight. My muscle mass was up, my body fat was at a kind of relatively good level and, and that kind of thing. So in terms of, you know, it, you know, it not working is oftentimes is, um, you know, kind of we're almost looking for instant results. Um, and if we don't feel like it's working, it's like, gosh, this isn't working, I'm going to stop. And, you know, we kind of bounce around from one thing to another to another. And uh, as I say, so it's, it's, it's important to kind of like, you know, for, for me is that consistency is it's not like, one, I could definitely see myself, you know, kind of getting bigger, you know, over the course of these times, I could see the scale weight going up um, and not to kind of, kind of, you know, let's say pay too much attention on this, this kind of things, because as I said, there's a lot of variables that, that, could, that could influence that. Um, but especially since I'm trying to gain weight and I start to kind of Start, start to lose it one week um, you know you can kind of almost get disheartened and kind of go but hang on I've trained this hard I've eaten this amount of food blah 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 but again it's only, it's only one week it's only one measurement and uh, the reverse is very true in terms as well is that some weeks no matter how 
good a week we have in terms of exercise and nutrition is that we might not lose weight. Um, but it doesn't mean that that week didn't work or didn't have a benefit, which will have a knock-on effect. Um, and as I said, I'm now 99.3 kilos, over 50 kilos of muscle mass, um, and a 13.8% body fat. So um, I'm, you know, got a very close, very nearly there. Uh, at my goal um, but I would never have gotten there if I'd looked at this and go ah screw this isn't working sure I've lost fucking muscle and less muscle than I did at the start you know and kind of gave up too early so that's important in terms of consistency wise is like consistency is going to you know in a lot of cases trump um, you know anything as long as you stay consistent 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 and keep 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 going and you are noticing certain changes and uh, no matter how small they are that's the kind of key to keep keep going and keep going so, um, yeah, so as I said, it's kind of, I wanted to share that with you again, to show you kind of my thinking philosophy in terms of um, uh, how I've gone about kind of working towards a goal. Um, and obviously it's, you know, kind of fitness exercise, kind of health related. Um, if you guys have any questions, you want me to go over anything, um, let me know. Um, and including the fasting. So I'm going to stop sharing the screen here. Um, did you find that useful? Cool, awesome. The other thing, what I do is, um, just that last one as well is like, what could go wrong? Is for you is kind of like come up with what normally goes wrong or what has gone wrong, um, with you before. Do you know what I mean? In terms of working towards goals and that kind of thing, um, are there injuries? Are there uh, you know, possibilities of these things? So, again, it's if you know these things can get in your way, then you can put things in place to prevent them from happening or happening as much so um as i said i'm doing a lot of joint mobility work and stuff like that to help me with my especially my left shoulder um uh, that i've had surgery on so you know to keep that going because i'm pushing it and challenging it and testing it quite a lot during during the week um and uh yeah as i said so it's kind of like these are the things you got to make sure it's like you're you're preempting stuff um that could potentially derail you or give you one of those wobbles um but if we can kind of as i said minimize the wobbles and uh yeah, get ourselves back on track or no you know what i mean that we can get ourselves back on track it's much easier then to to keep working towards and getting better results because the better results come from the consistency of doing it um so that's a, that's a good one so again sustaining the motivation trisha so as again it's kind of it, it, it's that let's say kind of um the, the pain pleasure side of things is motivation is an emotion as well so it's going to go up and down so the the on the days where the motivation doesn't feel as high it's important to have the kind of routine of where you're going well this is just you know what i mean so some of the mornings you know seven o'clock in the morning i'm making these sandwiches and going god you know even just you know at the moment it's like oh i just have one today you know what i mean it's just like because i do feel very very stuffed and full afterwards um and you know and again it's just like and i'm saying it's the motivation to eat but like tell me that's the point i'm at at the moment but uh, it's kind of like, no, I said March the 1st. Do you know what I mean? I've given myself a specific end date. So, you know, it's getting that harder, 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 harder until, you know, I mean, I get there. But you don't even need to fake it. That's just coming into more of a kind of like, it's discipline. Do you know what I mean? It's like I'm in a routine um, and I just stick with that discipline as much as possible. There are days when I don't, do you know what I mean? Is that like, like Kira's carbs in the garage at the start of last week. So I couldn't go, uh, go and train. Um, uh, in the gym and you know so again it's 
like, like I, I just missed training sessions so I kind of slightly tweaked my training sessions for the week to make them kind of effective and a little bit longer the ones that I did but um do you know what I mean it's you know it was a wobble but it doesn't mean that I've absolutely destroyed and in fact so I only trained two days last week out of the four that I'm normally doing and um I uh lost body fat percentage gained more muscle than I had in the last couple of weeks and stuff like that as well so like these are things it's kind of like you think that oh I've had a bad week last week because I missed my training and you know those kind of things yet I actually did then hop on the scales and like oh wow I got really good results from last week so again it goes to show that a lot of our times a lot of the things that we're thinking are on falling off track or wobbling they're not they're not that they don't have as much of an impact as we give them credit for um if that makes sense um, and that's what I say is that the kind of consistency of it, but you do need the discipline of being having a specific routine that you can kind of fall back into. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of, it almost becomes automated. So like, you know, kind of that you don't have to G yourself up and rye yourself up. And I suppose kind of like one of the things that say, um, Karen, you told me that, you know, kind of having the zoom sessions each week is, you know, kind of really helpful for you because it's just like you book in, you're there, you show up. Do you know what I mean? And it's just, you get into the routine of showing up, showing up, showing up, whether you feel like it or not, if you just show up, you're going to get it relatively decent workout in and you're you know do you know what I mean that's the discipline side of things whereas other days you're kind of like oh yeah I really could do a workout today because I've had a tough day at work and I just want to burn off some energy and stress and blah 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 stuff like that and we all have days where we feel great and we want to train and want it but there's other days as well where we're kind of like oh my god I've got to actually start this and oh geez you know kind of type of thing so that's where the discipline comes in that we can't be looking for motivation so potentially for you Trisha one of your obstacles might be you know that you're looking for motivation the whole time do you know what I mean? So it was like you're trying to sustain this motivation, but that's like trying to be happy the whole time. Do you know what I mean? Or excited the whole time. It's only one emotion. Um, do you know what I mean? That that kind of feeling of motivation and drive, it's not consistent. It's not something. And so I wanted to share with you there is like that I've had lots of, you know, kind of times during these eight weeks, but also then over the years where my motivation, there's no motivation. You know, I mean, like, like my body is beat up and, you know, those kind of things. So it's uh, it's the discipline of, you know, keep going, keep going. That we can't, there are no, you know, kind of, no matter what it looks from the outside, that there are no these, you know, kind of rah, rah, super motivated, so positive, you know, all the time. Because um, that's not how the brain works. You know what I mean? The brain kind of goes in waves in terms of emotions and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so maybe I said that's something to kind of work on. It's like, okay, so like, you know, one of your kind of things is, well, I, I need to be motivated all the time. So it's the pain of not being motivated. Well, can you turn that around? Um, no worries, Ursula. You're very, very welcome. I, do, I feel better already because I haven't even thought about it. So I feel better. My tummy's not, not as bad as it was when we started. So thank you. And um, you guys have distracted me. So it's all good. See you later, Ursula. Um, Cool. So does anybody have any questions on the 21 days either, you know, that, that they're kind of doing in terms of the fasting side of things, the low carb side of things or anything? Um, I, know, good to, I don't think there's any any new ones here, but um, for those of you as well, I'm recording this obviously. So um, for those of you watching it back, if you do have specific questions on any of the 21 days, just reply to the email and uh, let me know and we'll kind of go through because it's important just to kind of make sure you understand the kind of fasting protocol and stuff like that to get that um, and that you're going okay on your low carb. That's it. Thank you for joining me this evening. Um, thank you for letting me share that as well. Um, and I hope you guys have a uh, wonderful evening. Turn, off, turn on your mics. 
and say Thanks, bye. John. Hello. Thanks, John. Thanks, Sean. Bye. Thank you. Thank Take you. care. Thank See you, you soon. Bye. 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 Bye.